A lot is happening, but we should probably start out with a major milestone in the fight against something that is so terrible, it's quickly become one of the only things that the entire country can agree upon. Ticketmaster sucks, and they are exploiting fans on a level that feels criminal. But it's actually just working as intended in this wonderful system that we have here. What if we gave uh, the one company that we associate with concert tickets and event tickets a monopoly on their entire industry mm -hmm. after they've already shown that they're willing to do anything within uh, their legal means to uh, squeeze extra money out of customers. What if we did that? What would happen? Once again, we failed to learn from history. <laughs> We're America. This is the one thing we didn't <laughs> want to happen. So we've covered Ticketmaster and their price gouging plenty of times in the past, but the long-standing excuse that Ticketmaster is just playing the bad guy so that bands will get the payment that they deserve, it's starting to wear thin on people who have seen ticket prices skyrocket to levels that are completely unattainable to a majority of people. They, they they targeted Swifties. Uh, Swifties. They came for you finally, and now the Swifties are upset. Uh, but yes, they've they've um, seemingly pulled any restrictions off of their own proprietary ticket resale and premium ticket services, resulting in screenshots of Taylor Swift concerts where some seats were going for as high as $95,000. What if we turned concert tickets into the stock market? Wouldn't yes. that be fun? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yes. Yes, it would. Uh, the casinofication of every aspect of American life is really fun. We should do this with all products. All products should have a constant ticker. Have, you, actually, have you ever tried to buy shoes? Like Nikes when they come out? No. Exactly. It's <laughs> the, insane. I'm not a sneakerhead. Not, I mean, not... Also, we are punished for living on the West Coast. Yeah, like, I mean, I... In terms of fashion, I could really care less about mm -hmm. sneakers, but the, the, the main thing holding me back from really caring about any of it is how fucking impossible it is to get anything that looks even mildly cool. Yeah, um, it's a bummer, and yeah, I, we both have a lot of experience with dealing with Ticketmaster as two people who enjoy going to live concerts in a town that is known for putting on fantastic live concerts. I, I love uh, going to San Diego or Orange County for concerts that I would otherwise see in LA, but can't. Look at this big, beautiful glass house here in Pomona with average ticket prices. It's a great venue. Yep. But anyway, Anyways, yeah, so yeah. we obviously, we've covered a similar story recently when tickets for the boss, Bruce Springsteen, uh, went on sale and thousands of boomers navigated their way through the websites. They got their cheater glasses out and everything. Stared blankly at the 20 different ticket options based on which credit card or fan club they were a part of, and then finally tried to buy tickets only to find that the price had jumped from a mere $50 to $100, all the way up to $1,000 or more. Yeah, just, you know what? The algorithm decides. So uh, either you buy the ticket or you miss the boss. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, guys. The glory days of <laughs> low ticket prices are fucking over. Mm -hmm. So this was just one of countless examples over the years where certain acts have drawn this kind of attention to Ticketmaster's dynamic pricing model, but like with most others, people quickly let it go because we're a nation of cucks. They <laughs> just went ahead and paid whatever price they could afford and um, went and saw the boss one last time. That's the thing is uh, if, you're, if you're a boomer, you're like, how many more times can I squeeze in the boss for them for that that's for the fans because bruce springsteen i think will be uh still performing oh live yeah no i'm talking like about 20 years yes i'm talking about the fans who are like uh yeah i'm probably this is worth it to me because i might uh he's die like he's like the one boomer rock star who didn't uh develop a severe like substance dependence and has lived a pretty clean scandal-free life and also didn't completely flip to being a psychotic conservative 
No, he's just a, a normal-ass Obama lib. <laughs> yeah. He's even got a podcast with Blah. him. Anyway, while boomers can theoretically afford these outrageous prices, thanks to the, uh, you know, tremendous leg up that they got being born in the most uh, profitable and opportunity-rich period in American history. I simply don't understand how the kids that want Taylor Swift tickets don't take out a home equity equity loan to pay for them. Yeah, you it's simple as. Put down the avocado toast. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it was satisfying to see these boomers get angry at something that the rest of us have been dealing with for years. Yeah, because they don't learn unless they're made to live through something. Yeah, maybe I should put down the avocado toast. Oh. Whoa! Ticketmaster might have gone too far this time mm -hmm. and has inadvertently picked a fight with one of the most loyal and rabid fan bases imaginable. This has nothing on Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, step aside, Bruce. I love you, but... Uh, mm -hmm. A new boss is in town. Yeah. And it's a girl boss. Uh, outside of maybe Korea, this is uh, the most deranged, most bloodthirsty fan base around. We're talking about Swifties, fans of Taylor Swift. But look, to quickly clarify, despite covering it previously, Ticketmaster and Live Nation merged a few years back, essentially monopolizing the live entertainment industry. Due to a clear lack of competition, they're able to set prices however they want. And they've been using something called dynamic pricing for premium seats more and more recently. Also, virtual queues that make you feel as though you are guaranteed a spot because you've been waiting in this damn E-line for hours, only to find out that once you finally have access to the ticket portal, the prices have jumps to levels that are, again, unattainable, or there's nothing left. And now you have to buy their verified resale tickets, which they get a cut of both times. And yes, that this is all in spite of the fact that you have waited 30 minutes, an hour, two hours in a virtual queue. Like a schmuck. So even if you get through and can pick up some tickets, the company can set the face value price and put that out on their advertising, but then let the algorithm analyze the demand and present customers with an estimation of the value of that seat. Yeah, that price we told you originally was the price it would be if you were the only person in the country trying to buy one. Yes. But a bunch of people want it, so. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta mess around with it. That little algorithm here. Okay, so this, along with the pointlessly ineffective safeguards like fan passwords, which literally leak on Reddit uh, within seconds of appearing in people's oh, email accounts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Any any concert that has like a fan password, literally just search that concert and Reddit. Yeah, and fan presale. It's it's just literally security theater or mm -hmm. like. For Ticketmaster to be like, we're letting the fans in The first. people leaking that, not real fans. <laughs> but yeah, um, these things are presented as ways to deter scalpers. But due to the nature of the very high demand ticket marketplace that is uh, surrounding this country and just high demand things in general, uh, and the way that they're handled online, this instead seems to result in a price that balloons to a number that is so ridiculous, it would be shocking that even a rich person would buy them. And this is all without mentioning their verified resale program, which literally just capitalizes on outrageous fees during every single transaction. A program that also can artificially hold these prices sky high. But like we said, Ticketmaster might have finally met its match because the Swifties are not going to take this lying down. Mm -mm. No, no. And their outrage at not having a fair shot at decently priced tickets for their queen has grown to such a scale that politicians are getting involved and more people than ever are looking into a merger between two Goliaths that maybe should have never happened in the first place. Mm -hmm. Now here's the New York Times. 
Several lawmakers aired long-standing criticisms about the size and power of the company created in 2010 by the merger of the two most dominant companies in the live music business. Live Nation, which represents artists, owns venues and promotes shows, and Ticketmaster, which has the lion's share of the ticketing market. Daily reminder that Ticketmaster is a monopoly. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat from New York, posted in a tweet on Tuesday, writing that the company's merger with Live Nation, quote, should never have been approved. She concluded, break them up. Uh, Representative Bill Pascrell Jr., Democrat of New Jersey, wrote in a tweet Tuesday that the, quote, portal is not going well for many Swifties. I'm hearing about site crashes and fans waiting for hours. You'd think all these services and convenience fees could go to a working website. He's right. See, if Ticketmaster was smart, they'd they'd be down in the halls of Congress uh, doing some lobbying, which is just being like, hey, here's some tickets. But they, <laughs> they've done that for decades. Yeah. And I think the re- because because uh, even uh, conservatives are pretty outspoken on this. And I think that's because maybe the tickets have dried up. They're like, listen, we can't even afford to give you these tickets anymore for leeway because these idiots are buying them for $50,000. Yeah. If Garth Brooks wasn't playing like 30 shows in one city just to meet demand, yeah. uh, I'd be real pissed right now. So thank you, Garth. <laughs> uh, the reporting adds that when Live Nation and Ticketmaster merged, critics warned that the resulting company would become an industry colossus, one that had too much power and was capable of crippling competitors in the ticketing business. In approving the merger, the Justice Department signed a 10-year consent decree with Live Nation that forbade it from actions like using its power over talent to force venues to use its Ticketmaster service. But a Justice Department investigation found that Live Nation had violated that agreement. Oh, really? And in 2019, the company amended and extended the decree. The investigation had focused on rivals' complaints that Live Nation used its power over concert touring to force music venues into forging contracts with Ticketmaster. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the problems for fans persisted throughout this week, and as of when we filmed this episode, fans were still having issues. There's still people waiting in line for Taylor Swift concerts right now. If you're in line for Taylor Swift, stay in line. Stay in line. <laughs> uh, Ticketmaster was still issuing apologies without acknowledging the greater problems at play here, mm-hmm. the, the problems of their own making. And the problem is Ticketmaster and Live Nation will keep pushing the limits of decency in order to bring in as much money as humanly possible while literally being nothing more than a digital ticket booth that can't tell the difference between a normal person and a bot. And maybe that's not a problem that they are eager to fix because this inflated false demand is bringing them boatloads of cash. Yeah, let the bots fight. Qui bono. Everyone hates Ticketmaster, but sometimes we get to witness an entire new genre or generation discover just how fucked up they are. Yeah. And they're currently dealing with arguably the biggest, most notable, and damning example of their system working as intended. Yeah, and just so you have an example of the types of situations that this is already causing, uh, specifically between parents and teenagers, um, yeah, imagine you have a, uh, a a child that is old enough to go see their favorite singer. Christmas is canceled, Ticketmaster. Do you feel good about that? And you spend all day trying to get them tickets, and then you they come home and you're like, I'm sorry, this website is run by crooks. So here's an example from the Associated Press who interviewed some of these parents. It was sad. It was so sad, said Vivica Williams in Clarksville, Maryland. She lost out trying for her 14-year-old daughter and a friend. The girls were in gym class when the tickets went on sale, so mom was tasked with the job. The Philadelphia show was going to be a birthday present. Quote, they were so excited. I tried to get on and I tried to get on it. It crashes and it crashes and it crashes and it crashes. And so finally, eventually I get in the queue and I'm like, yay. Then, oh, there are 2,000 plus people ahead of you in line, Williams said. 
She was kicked off the queue four or five times, having logged on about 9.30 a.m., which was 30 minutes ahead of the sale. Quote, I never got past 2,000 plus people in line. So finally, around 2.30 p.m., I gave up. I'm like, forget this. I'm an adult person. I can't sit here all day with Taylor Swift on my phone. Damn, and you know that daughter came home and she's like, well, and the mom's trying to explain, like, I I, I tried, I get, I devoted whole, my whole day to it. And it's like, I hate you. Mom, you always ruin everything. I hate you. I wish I didn't have you as a mom. They don't know because they're stupid teenagers, yeah. but that, that would emotionally destroy me as a parent. Yeah. 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 Um, so there was also a completely separate interview with another parent trying to snag tickets who told the press that, quote, my 20 year old said, even if you don't get them, I still love you. OK, you're 20 years old. Yeah, I know. I would typically <laughs> typically I'd say you're 20 years old. Buy your own fucking tickets. But we're actually not sure how many 20 year olds have an extra fifteen hundred dollars per uh, seat lying around. Very, very few. Yes, that's this a is, good point. Yeah. Um, if anyone's paying for it, it's probably going to be mom. Much like with insurance, uh, you, you need to be on your parents' Ticketmaster account until at least 25. Yeah. Yeah. So that's insane. I do want to point out, though, that uh, I have uh, tried my hypothesis, and it has worked perfectly every single time. Now, yeah. to bring you up to You're speed... You're never going to get everything you want, but... To bring you up to speed, a bunch of bands all started coming around because the pandemic was quote-unquote over. Regardless of what you think about that, bands were still coming around. Um, buying tickets when uh, tickets went on sale. Man, there's some bands that I really want to see. So I tried it and boy, wouldn't you know it, the day that that band played, the ticket prices had dropped to maybe face value, maybe a little bit higher. So I stopped doing that. And I have gone to four shows now and I bought tickets day of every single show for either face value or just above. And these are highly sought after, yeah. multiple day sold out shows. Turnstile, two nights sold, so, uh, sold out, got into that right out of the gate. Uh, like the day of Mars Volta, same thing. Like it's like how I used to. Uh, they they changed it, but yeah, up until a few years ago, you could just walk up to Dodger Stadium like after the first inning. Right. They were just like giving tickets away, basically. Like I don't know, three dollars. Come on in. Well, yeah, I mean, we all long for the days when you'd go to the local uh, punk rock show and they just have a little little tin uh, box there to put your five dollars in. Yeah. But uh, times are different. You, yeah. Taylor Swift's going to have a lot of production. She's going to have 18, 20 semis out there all filled with all kinds She's of shit. She's doing the whole discography on this tour, guys. But Taylor's version. Yeah, it's Taylor's uh -huh. version. Yeah. Fuck off, Scooter Braun. That this if, is Taylor's version. If you're Ticketmaster, you're wondering, do I want to fight Taylor Swift fans? Because they took down an entire publishing They uh, have shown deal. what they are capable of. Uh -huh. And you should be cowering in fear. And... And this is all, as far as fandom goes, it's kind of hyper-focused here right now because, as we all know, BTS has joined the military. That's right. So, I mean... There's a power vacuum in the fandom space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taylor Swift fans are basically ISIS. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, over in news that feels like it should be bigger than it actually is, because it kind of landed with a big old thud. Yeah, everyone's just like, um, okay, loser. You're not going to believe this, but Donald Trump officially announced that he's a... Uh, Get this, he's running for president of the United mm -hmm. States in 2024. And the crowd goes, come on, come on. Where's everybody going? What are you doing? Huh? Yeah, the crowd goes mild. Um, wow. So honestly, we knew that he would commit to running regardless of how poorly his endorsements performed during this year's midterm elections. And boy, did they perform poorly. Yep. 
But he's running so that he can fundraise and so that he can potentially avoid further scrutiny into his finances. Because as we all know, when you're the president, they let you do it. Yeah, this is a calculated move. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the more time this man can spend as president before he dies. The or less, running like uh, to a... Yeah, yeah, the less chance he ever sees the inside of a jail cell. For him, he's like, okay, what are norms? You know what isn't normal? Uh, them investigating a someone who is actively running for president of yeah. the United States. So anyway, despite announcing his announcement well in advance, the reaction from right-wing media and even the people in the room at Mar-a-Lago seemed unimpressed with the entire spectacle, with Sean Hannity actually cutting away from Trump's announcement speech. Friendship ended. Yeah. Ron DeSantis uh, is my new friend now. They're trying it. Mm-hmm. See how that goes. Uh, yeah, people in attendance attempted to walk out of there. I mean, it was a long, rambling, low-energy speech. Yeah. Uh, also, he did not hug or kiss a single American flag. Despite being surrounded by them. How do we even know this is a real Trump and not mm-hmm. some body double? Yeah. It was very low energy, especially for Donald Trump. And, and aside from the lukewarm response that he got in his own resort, as well as Fox cutting his speech off, there were also a few other clear indicators that this campaign maybe won't last. Uh, His own children have released statements distancing themselves from the campaign and politics in general, should he somehow win. Yeah, uh, uh, Don Jr. was like, nah, I'm busy hunting right now, uh, so bye. And uh, Ivanka literally released a statement that was like, I want, essentially, I want nothing to do with uh, politics or the government. Yeah. But I wish my dad the best of luck. Yeah. uh... And Barron is somewhere scaring crows out of the Mar-a-Lago fields because that kid is like 12 feet tall now. Yeah, he's uh, scary. I don't understand why the taller Trump doesn't simply eat the bigger Trump. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know. I I don't know what the vibe is in Trump's actual base. I think they're still into it. But the media, the Rupert Murdoch media, especially like the fucking New York Post, which is not like an explicitly political uh, like tabloid-esque magazine, but like or a tabloid-esque newspaper, but, like, they've always been... It's a Rupert Murdoch property, and they've always been, like, sort of... They're not going to shit-talk Trump too much. And the way they reported on this announcement, it was, like... like yeah, page 12 or so something? On the cover, is like, a bottom line. It was, like, Florida man makes announcement, page 68. And then oh, it was yeah. just, like, a little column where they, like, very, like, sarcastically made fun of Trump. Well, as, as you'll remember, literally a week or two ago, whatever it was, they released their endorsement of Ron DeSantis in general. So it's, like, they're clearly done with him. And he's only hearing the. I don't yes, want to play with you anymore. He's hearing the yes men from his inner circle, and also, in my opinion, doing it as a way to um, evade justice, if not temporarily. Yeah. So, we don't doubt that his kids uh, and other Republicans are playing devil's advocate. They're hedging their bets. Yeah, they would instantly come back onto Team Trump in any capacity should he actually start polling better than DeSantis in the lead up to the election. Yeah. You'll be very surprised how quickly. But would turn. will Trump accept them? Because this man holds a grudge like none other. You need to get on your knees. Yeah, he's going to make them get on their knees. Yeah, but it, it is clear that everyone has already chosen the GOP candidate, and that is Ron DeSantis. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's funny that... Uh, they, are, they are manufacturing a media narrative in a yeah, lot of this. Like yeah. I, Trump's his approval among Republicans has definitely gone down in the past week and a half, but like, I, I, they're definitely, they're trying to manufacture, they're like, well, I guess we're done with that guy. And you know, all these people who've devoted the last like six years of their lives, they've like lost relationships with family members Gone over, to jail. over their yeah. fanatical love for this man. I don't know if they're gonna be able to move, move on so easily. This would be considered the school of hard knocks for them. 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's obvious at this point that uh, everyone is dis- distancing themselves from Trump, especially after those midterms, because it's a clear indicator. Like, it's so funny. Like, Carrie Lake was the last, like, the last big election denier and, like, in the governor for Arizona race. And, like, that one took a while to count, but she ended up fucking losing. Like, I was like, oh, at least he got Carrie Lake. Nope. Nothing. He got fucking nothing. Yeah. And, uh, like, the other thing is, how much damage can he do to the other Republican candidates while he's in the race? Because that's the thing that I'm most curious about going I'm forward. I'm very excited. Yeah, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. But at the very least, Trump officially announcing his run for presidency did provide us with some, you know, something wonderful. An incredibly detailed and unsettling video from Amon Animations, who debuted his latest creation, Trump Returns. Feast of the Apostles. Yeah, he's clearly been working on this since at least CPAC, because that's it's it's centered Based around there, CPAC, yeah. but like narratively it works so well. Uh, it's even it even capitalizes on the DeSantis Trump rift and uh, the uh, the modeling is both hyper realistic, unsettling, and uh, and uh, disfigured in some scenarios. Yeah. Like uh, yeah, it, it's very um, you're gonna love it. We're we're gonna put a link below, but yeah, it's fantastic. It's work. Lovecraftian. Uh, but yeah, the rest of the news today is kind of all over the place, but you'll be fine because it's mostly stuff we've been talking about at length over the past few weeks. So uh, if you're new to the channel, sorry, fuck you, I guess. <laughs> no, watch all the old stuff. <laughs> I made a Elon Musk Twitter playlist called Musk Watch. So oh, good. Yeah. Now, having said that, let's let's hold off on Elon and Twitter and FTX and NFTs and all the other abbreviations for yeah. just a moment because Facebook or Meta has given us a brand new, totally unique reason to absolutely despise their company once again. A a new reason to hate Facebook just dropped. They're bringing Biggie Smalls back from the dead. Oh, and they're putting him in the metaverse. Oh, and look, we're not religious by any means. But there's just something a little unsettling about trapping a dead rapper's soul in a video game. Yeah. It seems wrong. It does seem wrong, right? It's like... It's like, like, I mean, whether or not you believe in ghosts, you always, you want to hedge your bets at least. And like, this is not something I would do even though I don't necessarily believe in supernatural because, you know... You're, you're tempting fate seems like here. a yeah. great way to have the ghost of Biggie Smalls come back and terrorize you. I believe in karma more than uh, ghosts, and I don't want to fuck with either of them. But anyway, Mark Zuckerberg seems to think that all Horizon World's needs are a few dead celebrities, just sort of there. Yeah. Anyway, here's Consequence of Sound with more on this. The notorious B.I.G. will become a true-to-life, hyper-realistic avatar in a forthcoming virtual reality concert coming exclusively to Meta's VR and Facebook platforms. The notorious B.I.G. Sky's the Limit, a VR concert experience, is set to premiere December 16th in honor of what would have been the late rapper's 50th birthday. It will, quote, feature the avatar Biggie spitting through beloved classics from his discography. Additionally, he'll lead fans on a VR experience in Meta Horizon Worlds in The Brook, a virtual recreation of his Brooklyn hometown in the 90s. With Biggie's speaking voice performed by writer and music journalist Torre, the VR experience will be a narrative journey through a day in the rapper's life. Surely this will be the thing that sends people out to the stores to pick up those now overpriced headsets and really start living. I just like... There's so much happening here. First of all, so they saw what Fortnite did. Yeah. With uh, Travis Scott. Uh, They've done like five of these now, yeah. So they saw that and they're like, hey, how many cool uh, contemporary artists can we attract to our hip new platform? Anyone? Anyone? All right. Well, let's start calling up people's like uh, relatives of uh, dead artists who uh, 
can't say no based on like optics and uh, this being just inherently uncool. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I literally well, had. To... We'd have to. In order for this to work, we'd have to find a celebrity or an artist that doesn't hate Facebook because they don't know it exists. Well, it's it's like they're fans, and yes, I know Facebook owns Instagram, which still yeah. has like some. It still has the youth still use it. Yeah, but like Meta and this Horizon Worlds thing, clearly they are targeting their core audience, which at this point is Gen Xers and Boomers. There you go. Cool. Anyway, now we can talk about Twitter, and there's not too much to update you on when compared to all the shit that took place over just the past, like, week, weekend. Yeah. But there was more of Elon's managerial skill set being publicly shared and shamed <laughs> as he appeared to draw a line in the sand for all the remaining talented Twitter. Sacrifice your life to this social media app or get the fuck out! This is, by the way, after he's gone on a massive firing spree and seeming to take like some weird enjoyment of it and his fans enjoying of it too. We we cover it. We talked about this in the last video. Elon, Elon, fire him. Yeah, you get it. But you know, this includes people that have attempted to correct his blatant mistakes or falsehoods, telling him, "Hey, you're actually wrong about the platform that you own and think you're uh, correct about. Like, this is actually get what you fix. You're fired." So yeah, it sounds like a very cool, stress-free environment that uh, isn't going to be shedding all of its top talent mm -hmm. uh, for the foreseeable future. But here's CNBC with more. New Twitter CEO and sole director Elon Musk sent a company-wide email to remaining employees of the social media business on Wednesday demanding they commit to working long hours at high intensity or receive three months of severance if they did not consent to these conditions or support his vision for Twitter 2.0. He said he needs like extreme, uh, hardcore coding. He also, I don't know if we covered this, but- I want to see desks that are covered in trash and Red Bull cans. I don't know if we covered this, but he sent an email, this is like last week, at like one in the morning being like, hey, by the way, come into the office tomorrow. It's like five hours from now. Mm -hmm. So people literally woke up Usually, probably at a normal time, they would wake up to work from home and be like, oh, I'm supposed to be at the office in like 20 minutes. And I live at least an hour away because San Francisco is uh, the most dystopianly. Uh, well, you should have slept the at world. the office like Elon. Yeah, well, now you know. I, I do feel Bring like, much like with Trump, Elon would be susceptible to performative work. Like if someone did have trash all over their desk and they're just like sitting there like, Man, this code's really... He'd be like, that is a hard worker right yeah, there. Yeah, you just open up uh, hackertyper.com and you're yeah. like, Elon, I'm trying. I, I can't do it. We need more people like Bill here. Look at him. Look at all those green lines of code. He's got half-eaten bags of Doritos on his desk. Where's your yeah. fucking half-eaten bags? I want it to look like you were actively suffering when you work here. Mm -hmm. Anyways, we do want to point out that uh, at the very least, Elon is offering a severance option so that any employees who clearly don't want to be involved, can leave and actually get paid out. Mm. Trusting Elon with following through on that, I would be hesitant, but I guess it, it is a nice option that it was there, but it also uh, spares him further legal ramification uh, for unjust firing, yeah, which is the point. he's already potentially in some big trouble for the way he's cleared out uh, Twitter's workforce so far. Yeah, so this is a... Uh, it's basically like, okay, you can't sue me because I did offer you the severance. Right. Yeah. Uh, here's some actual excerpts from the statement that was sent out to Twitter uh, employees in the middle of the night. Going forward to build a breakthrough Twitter 2.0 and succeed in an increasingly competitive world, we will need to be extremely hardcore. <laughs> Lame. This will mean working long hours at high intensity, 
only exceptional performance will constitute a passing grade. Twitter will also be much more engineering driven. Design and product management will still be very important and report to me, but those writing great code will constitute the majority of our team and have the greatest sway. At its heart, Twitter is a software and servers company, so I think this makes sense. If you are sure that you want to be part of the new Twitter, please click yes on the link below. Anyone who has not done so by 5 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, Thursday, will receive three months of severance. I love that he's expecting these people to like just work themselves to death, but like his idea of working himself to the brink is uh, just being on Twitter and tweeting constantly. Yeah, he's you working. You look at his, if you, op if you open the tweets and replies tab of his profile and the man, he's not doing any fucking work. There's no, it is impossible for him to be doing any work at Twitter except for like someone coming into the room and be like, hey, we, hey we're doing this thing. He's like, all right, cool. I need to put another cry laughing emoji here. And um, ah! also, deciding to specifically engage with some of the platform's worst users. Yeah, just some uh, awful people. And also specifically like, replying to them uh, in a jovial, fun manner that it, it seems pretty uh, partisan considering his stance going into this yeah, project. Well, the whole reason like he bought Twitter is he's like, well, I, I post a lot, so now I should own it. Yeah, exactly. And so my job. That's why I, I buy every coffee shop I walk post into. Even more. Yeah, it's it's fucking wild. Um. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It it's also make like sense. I just I refuse to believe this man works anywhere near as hard as he thinks he does. I I recently. Just someone, because you're tired doesn't mean you're working hard, Elon. Well, like I recently saw someone like posted a clip. This was from a few months back. It was like over the summer, maybe even before that. But it was like a meeting at Tesla with some of his like top engineers. And I don't know why they were filming, probably because they thought it made them look super cool. But yeah. it was just like Elon wasting his employees' time by like literally being on Twitter and like talking about tweets he was going to send and like reading replies and all this stuff. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is why you're working uh, 80 hours a fucking week because you're not actually fucking working. But he expects it of everyone else because mm -hmm. they know what they're doing. And if yeah. he can just motivate them, right. everything will be fine. He's the great motivator. He, yeah. Oh, I'm a cheerleader. That's my job here. If you ever hear I'm a cheerleader from a uh, manager, Leave. get the fuck out of there immediately. And if they that... start watering down the soap in the bathrooms, yeah. get the fuck out. Listen, I'm just here to cheer. I'm, I'm here to cheer on my team. Yes. Get out of there. But however, Elon and whoever remains in their positions going forward, they definitely have their work cut out for them, as Musk has provided yet another deadline to roll out a new or fixed version of Twitter Blue. This time for real. And in order to push this new update out on time, uh, employees will unfortunately need to work through the Thanksgiving holiday. Oh, fuck off. And even then, it's a lot more work than people realize. I mean, just look at the first rollout. And that was essentially an extra feature or two glued onto a pre-existing product. Uh, also, the site continues to break in new and exciting ways while all of this is happening, with some two-factor authentication services still appearing offline for some users. Even features that used to work perfectly fine are still broken because of Elon's initial subscription service rollout, like the ability to change your display name. And here's one perfect example of why this is an issue and why is it, it is insane that you can no longer edit them. I don't want to be Christmas anymore. Now, obviously, with all the crypto winter FTX shit going on, the, the we got the A plot and the B plot here. Yeah. Uh, brands are trying to distance themselves from the exposure to this scandal in a PR perspective. Mm -hmm. FTX was shelling out millions upon millions of dollars to brands, sports teams, leagues, arenas, celebrities, you name it. Well, 
One very online organization is caught in the middle of two very specific issues right now, and you literally can't do much else except laugh at the situation that esports organization TSM has gotten themselves into. TSM was apparently heavily sponsored by FTX, so much so that the org had FTX branding on everything, including its social media handles. And now that FTX has collapsed, the org is scrambling to remove any shred of FTX branding due to its high levels of toxicity. Problem is, Twitter won't allow users, even legitimately verified ones, to change their display names anymore because everyone changed their name to Elon and made fun of him and he got really, really butthurt about it. So he stopped. He put a stop to it. So please enjoy this shot and chaser. So the first tweet from TSM is a statement announcing the suspension of their partnership with FTX. Here's their official account displayed as TSM FTX, where they said the following. After monitoring the evolving situation and discussing internally, we're suspending our partnership with FTX effective immediately. This means that FTX branding will no longer appear on any of our org, team and player social media profiles, and will also be removed from our player jerseys. This process may take some time to complete as some social platforms <laughs> have made changes to their product features. You know, and you know This resulted in a fan immediately replying to that tweet and saying, better change that Twitter name then. To which TSM FTX replied back, unfortunately, at this time, with the changes to Twitter verification, we're not able to. Yeah, it's like when they, you know, when you're a kid, they're like, if you keep making that face, it's going to get stuck. Mm -hmm. Well, got stuck. They were right. And uh, there's some egg on this face. <laughs> but it's honestly, it's beautiful. I mean, you love to see two completely fucked up news stories collide into an esports organization like this. It's like, this is magic. Crypto is so fucking over. <laughs> yeah, yeah like after the after the damage that this this one has done, it's it's toxic. It's fucking toxic. Yeah, there's a bunch of uh, side effects of what's happening, and it it, it looks like the other exchanges are trying desperately like, to patch holes and like crypto will always will be around for the foreseeable future. But crypto as a like mainstream acceptable thing is fucking done. Yes, there's not going to be any crypto commercials at this year's it's Super toxic. Bowl. It's toxic. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But speaking of crypto, and more specifically, the downfall of FTX, the ripple effects from one of the world's largest crypto exchanges continue to be felt with a generous mix of sometimes hilarious, mostly infuriating blips of news popping up, including one threat where a hacker indicates they will be releasing video footage of the amphetamine-fueled FTX sex parties this Friday. So keep the eye bleach. Handy, some of you guys are cool. Don't go online on Friday. Yeah, you're going to see something you don't want to see, and it's called a polycule. Yeah. Ugh. But over on the actual financial side of things, the lawsuits against FTX have begun. And consumers are not just going after the company itself. They are dragging every celebrity who endorsed the platform along with them. Even Larry David. Oh, my Larry. Yeah. Who, who should be thrown out of this lawsuit uh, simply because his character in those ads is literally a crypto skeptic who who uh, believes this is all bullshit. Yeah. Which is true to form for Larry David, the person, and Larry David, the character. We were talking about it before we started filming, but it seems like something Larry David would do to be like, I have to have creative control, and I want it to seem as though I don't want anything to do with this. You yeah. can, we'll make it funny. Sure, whatever. Put me but in the I'm not going to directly endorse it. Make me the guy who says this is all bullshit, because yeah. you're, you're describing it to me, and I do think it's bullshit, but I'll take your money, because I'm Larry David. Yeah, and he would strike me as the one celebrity who want, was like, no, you'll pay me in cash, not fucking FTX coin. Right. Yeah. Anyway, here's Variety with more on this lawsuit. Celebrity promoters of now bankrupt cryptocurrency exchange FTX, including Larry David, Tom Brady, Giselle Bundchen, Shaquille O'Neal, and Stephen Curry, have been named in a class action lawsuit accusing FTX and its brand ambassadors of deception 
deceptively encouraging consumers to invest in the company. In a complaint filed November 15th in Florida Federal District Court, Edwin Garrison, an Oklahoma resident who says he purchased a yield-bearing account from FTX, seeks to represent a class of thousands, if not millions, of consumers nationwide who were allegedly defrauded by the company. The lawsuit alleges FTX and ex-CEO Sam Bankman-Fried, who are also named as defendants, used the celebrity endorsers to target unsophisticated investors in a Ponzi scheme to keep the crypto exchange afloat. Also named as defendants in the suit are the Golden State Warriors, which entered into a promotional deal with FTX this year and emblazoned the company's logo on its court at San Francisco's Chase Center, Udonis Haslam, David Ortiz, William Trevor Lawrence, Shohei Otani, no. Naomi Osaka, and Shark Tank man, Kevin O'Leary, oh, man. who has been on a PR tear. Guys, uh, yeah. guys, guys. Uh, so the defendants named in the suit, quote, either controlled, promoted, assisted in or actively participated in FTX's business per the lawsuit. Crypto's fucking dead. Even if this lawsuit doesn't go anywhere, it will have a chilling effect. Yeah. Because it shows that these people are, these 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 crypto losers are willing to uh, take out their justifiable frustrations on anyone who may yeah. have led them into this financial trap. Yeah. But cold, hard crypto and cash aren't the only things that were seemingly wiped out by the collapse of FTX, because FTX also ran what appeared to be a legitimate NFT marketplace, a place where well-established brands could feel safe because FTX was legitimate and nothing could go wrong. Didn't you see how much out outreach he was doing with governments? And that Sam Bankman-Fried is such a wholesome young boy. I bet he's not into any weird sex shit on his, on his little fucking compound in the Bahamas. I bet he's not in a polycule... I bet none of that. I bet he's not snorting amphetamines and having group sex because he's a good boy. That Sam Bankman Free. Yeah, but look, FTX clearly a legitimate exchange. Obviously, their yeah. NFT marketplace gotta yeah. be legitimate. But oops, because earlier this year, Golden Voice and FTX made headlines when they announced a partnership that would allow users to purchase digital NFT keys to Coachella for a fee that, while high. Made sense to some enthusiasts, considering what you were getting in return. Lifetime access to the festival, and in some cases, lodging and other perks. I mean, take away the the NFT aspect of it, and it's, yeah, it's cool. It, at least it has a utility. Yeah. Yeah. So look, th I mean, yeah, this it, it, it kind of makes sense. At least there's a utility to it. It's like, okay, nice. You get the little motion graphic, but you also get something. Yeah, you're actually thing. buying something that has real world value. Yeah, your blockchain receipt actually is worth something in this one scenario. Unfortunately, the collapse of FTX has apparently trapped millions of dollars worth of these Coachella NFTs with no way for users to withdraw them. They're just, they're, they're encased in the FTX. I know you can't see them, and you can't access them, and you certainly can't use them, but I want you to know that you are safe knowing that somewhere on that blockchain, the transaction exists. Yeah. Uh, here's Billboard. The collection included 10 NFT Coachella keys, which granted lifetime access to the festival and VIP perks such as luxury experiences and exclusive merchandise. Many of those NFTs now appear to be stuck and inaccessible on the defunct exchange. Quote, like many of you, we have been watching this news unfold online over the past few days and are shocked by the outcome, said a Coachella staff member on the festival's Discord server. We do not currently have any lines of communication with the FTX team. We have assembled an internal team to come up with solutions based on the tools we have access to. Our priority is getting Coachella NFTs off of FTX, which appears to be disabled at the moment. We're actively working on solutions and are confident we will be able to protect the interests of Coachella's NFT holders, said Coachella Innovation Lead Sam Schoonover in a statement sent to Billboard. 
since the knock-on effects have been disastrous with billions of dollars locked up and little prospect of recovery. Among those assets are several NFTs released through the FTX platform, including NFTs from Coachella and Tomorrowland. One collector told Billboard he was able to withdraw his Coachella key to his own wallet just days before FTX went bankrupt, but many others have not been so lucky. Anyone who kept their NFT on the FTX platform currently has no access to those NFTs. The last update from the Coachella team, which was issued on Saturday, November 12th, advised users against interacting with any FTX product and recommended they sign out of all FTX accounts. Just count this one as a loss, guys, trust me. Listen, we're sorry, and yes, this is going to be a mess to clean up and actually verify who the fuck owns these things, considering, I don't know, your accounts might be deleted entirely. Yeah, come to think of it now, in hindsight, we should have just done this, but like, have it attached to like, your fucking government ID or something like that. There's well, really no reason to put this on the fucking blockchain well, in the first place. Literally like a, an actual golden ticket or something that yeah. won't rot away that you can just bring and scan. Like mm -hmm. a, uh, uh, the thing that's in your phone that you can like scan and pay with, N NFC. Or just, oh, we were screwed up. We thought you said NFC. Or just have a fucking directory of who owns what. Yeah, uh, if they're if people are spending, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars on Coachella experiences, they probably have uh, someone that uh, they can contact directly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh, moving on to some good news. You ready for good news? The Artemis launch, despite being delayed several months, actually happened last hey. night, and it was successful. And they, meaning an unmanned spacecraft is going to the moon. One of these days, Alice, to the moon. Bang, zoom, baby. Uh, so yes, this is the first of many future missions. Uh, the ultimate goal being to, once again, land people on the moon and see what kind of valuables are and, hidden down there. And find that cheese. Finally yeah. get a bite of that cheese. Mm, delicious, unattainable cheese. Uh, but this is a great thing. I watched it happen live. It was very exciting. Um, it was cool to see. Anyways, uh, uh, I, we mentioned Turnstile earlier, but the other news, Turnstile nominated for three Grammys. Three Grammys. I'm telling you. Who cares? I, lo I love it. It's great. I love that. I love that. Uh, hardcore. They're going to give it to up. like Jethro Tull or some shit. Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. 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 The Lifetime Achievement Award. But uh, I hope they win. I hope that they win. Yeah, it is, it is cool that they're even on the Grammys radar. But... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think they have a good chance of winning because uh, as I've said before, uh, the last time I heard about someone that was involved in Grammys voting, it was like literally their kids fill it out for them. Mm, good, so, good. Which is honestly more of an honest approach. Yeah, I mean, because otherwise it's just a bunch of like weird Phil Spector looking guys. Who are like, I joined the Academy of uh, Music back in 1955 when I wrote my hit song, The Sock Hop Scandal. <laughs> you put your right leg in, you put your right leg out, you twist on your leg and then you do a jump and that's the sock hop scandal. And I made a billion dollars from that. And now I get to vote every year in the Grammys. <laughs> I don't know who some of these artists are, but I know that the guy that produced that one was in my very exclusive fraternity at a Ivy League college. So I'm gonna go ahead and vote for that one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I hope they win. Uh, three nominations, they gotta do one, right? They gotta do one. Fingers crossed. <laughs> anyways, uh, please be sure to watch our most recent episodes if you haven't seen them already. If you want a full breakdown of a, a very dumbed-down version of everything that happened with FTX, even though it's currently still evolving. Uh, we have that on a previous episode, including uh, Elon's no good, very bad weekend on Twitter.com. Uh, and in addition to that, we have a recent episode of Weekly Weird News involving chickens. If you want to keep away from social media and all that stuff, just watch the chickens. Chip, 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 chip. 
Thank you to the uh, to the Brave 7,000. Are we up to 7,000? I think so, uh, at least oh, on a couple damn. recent ones. Thank you. And Let's leave... get that up to 8,000. We had almost 1,000 comments on yesterday's episode, so yeah. uh, leave some comments. Just flood YouTube. What is uh, Hassan analytics. calls it juicing. Yeah, let's juice, juice we, every video. Let's juice this. Yeah. Come on, yeah. guys. Juice it. Juice it. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>